Oh yeah, that's the jam right there. What is up? Brandon Navera here live with the Life of an Average Joe podcast from the 313 from Detroit, Michigan. Here we are. Man, it feels so great to be back home. Let me tell you something. It's been a long time coming. I haven't been back in a year, uh, which may not seem like a long time, but it is a long time. Actually, come to think of it, I think it's been two years since I've been back because I believe we didn't go last. <laughs> Matter of fact, if I'm looking back at last year, I don't think I did much of anything last year. So uh, <laughs> we don't want to go there. But yeah, it was two years ago. So Luke is three now and we didn't go or I didn't go. I went on my 40th and I'm 42. Oh my God, I'm 42. How did that happen? What the heck is going on? Anyway, that's enough of it. I am live from the Motor City. Uh, It is a very warm 32 degrees here in Detroit, Michigan, folks. So all you people listening in Texas, let me tell you something. Uh, I think it's like 60 there right now or 50 or or who knows. I'm not keeping track. Don't say it's cold. I swear, if I get back and I see you guys all bundled up and scarves on and footy pajamas, building a fire on your patio, uh, setting your house on fire to stay warm. I'm going to laugh at you because let me tell you something. It's 32 degrees right now and there's already been snow and it's not even January yet. So welcome to the great white North. Love it. Super happy to be back. Feels good. Got my hoodie on, uh, and I'm wearing shorts. Actually, you know what? I'm not wearing shorts anymore. I got jeans on because I'm sitting outside on a patio watching the cars go by happy man I am. So anyway, uh, I just wanted to do a live one from Detroit, I guess, before I get into it, or from Michigan. I guess before I get into it, I wanted to say thank you for tuning in, checking me out, following. Continue to do so, please. Uh, I love your support. And continue to share, like, comment, email, message, thumbs down, thumbs up, all the good stuff. And you can listen to this podcast and follow it anywhere that you find your podcast, Spotify, Anchor, Amazon, Apple, Google. I'm not going to run through the list. You guys know if you don't even know where to look for a podcast, then I, I, I can't help you anymore. Uh, I'm out. But, uh, but I'm here. I am back. I am in Michigan, and it has been great. You know, Luke and I are here having a good time, and he's getting spoiled, so this should be a fun week. Uh, and then to try to deprogram him when I get back, but you know, I, it's been one of those things that's super important to me, and, and especially this past year, or two years, really. But this past year, you know, I don't have to go through everything that's gone on in, in the lives of everyone across the nation and the world in 2020, or my personal life, but we all have had our struggles, uh, more so than usual. So being able to go back home for a little break, you know, it doesn't get rid of your problems. It doesn't, it doesn't make your problems go away. It doesn't erase them. But what it does is it takes you away from the environment that maybe you just, you, know, you just need a different opinion. You just need a different view. Or you just need a break. Look, I know I got bills to pay when I get home. I know I got bills to pay now. I know I've got jobs to do. I've got work to do. But to be able to get away and, and change your scenery, change your habitat, change your view... Uh, just for a little while. Um, what is that running across the street? Anyway, um, you know, it, it gives you a, a clear mind. And this time of year, Christmas, 
you know, that's what you need. You know, we need to kind of ground ourselves and get ourselves back. But I'm not here to preach. I'm here to talk about being back in Michigan. And, you know, I've lived in Michigan all my life. Uh, I never lived in any other state until I moved to Texas. I'm not saying I haven't visited other states or stayed there for a while, but I, I've never lived anywhere else. Um, and there's always been a love-hate relationship with Michigan um, when I was living there. I think for the most part, that happens to a lot of people, especially when you're younger and growing up. You know, you're so excited to get out, to get out of your parents' house, to get out of uh, where you live, to get out of your town, to get out of your city. For the most part, you have that, that urge to just go make it on your own. And, and that was definitely me. Um, I had looked at, you know, believe it or not, one time I had looked at going to California. Uh, why? I don't know. I mean, I had some friends out there, but the idea of going to California with the beach and the sun was, was all I thought about when I was younger. Uh, that, don't worry, I quickly grew up and realized I don't want to go to California. Um, you know, Florida was another one. Arizona was another one. Chicago, you know, I'm a big city guy. So, you know, I had all these aspirations because... I just wanted to leave where I was. Now, don't get me wrong. I appreciated Michigan. Had some great friends there. Uh, you know, half my life was spent there. So being able to move to Texas to finally say I'm out um, was huge. It was obviously not on my list. And it kind of happened in a, in a strange way. You know, when, when you... If you're not familiar with Michigan and all you hear about is the negative things from Detroit, because we know how the media never likes to say anything positive, um, then you really kind of don't know what happened. And it was about 11 or 12 years ago, um, the economy took a massive, massive hit in Michigan. Um, I mean, the automobile industry collapsed. Um, they were getting bailouts from the government. People were losing their jobs. Massive layoffs were happening. And it wasn't just the automobile industry. I mean, it's called the Motor City for a reason. When you look at it, and my numbers are gonna be wrong, but when you look at it as Detroit and Michigan being, you know, 70% connected to the automobile industry, maybe higher, maybe a little lower, um, and they collapse, think about how many thousands of people that affects. We're not talking a couple thousand, we're talking 20,000, 30,000, 40,000. I mean, the numbers keep going higher because it's not just GM and Ford and Chrysler at the time. It's all those other places. It's the manufacturers, it's the plants, it's the distribution, it's the body shops. If they're not making cars and they're laying off people, all those places close. And it, that's what happened. And it started to happen very fast. Um, everything was closing. Well, if you don't have money, you're not going to go out and spend it. You're not going to go to the clubs. You're not going to go to the bars. You're not going to go to the movies. You're not going to go to those things. So all those businesses started to collapse. And for me, I was seeing that. I was struggling uh, where I was working because we were getting ready to close and shut down. Um, it was coming. I was struggling because I had a lot of personal stuff going on. And it was like all these signs were pointing at, you need to make a change now. You need to figure it out. So I, I landed in Texas, completely accidental. Uh, definitely not on my list. Definitely wasn't even sure if I was gonna do it or not because I never thought of Texas. I mean, here I am up north. 
it's cold. We've got lakes everywhere. We're in the city. You know, we drink pop. We don't drink Coke. You know, we know what a Lafayette Coney Island hot dog is. You know, we love football that's outside. You know, here I am, and I love that, and I'm thinking about Texas. All I knew about Texas was everybody was a cowboy and they had oil in their backyard. It, it was like a faucet. You know, they just turned on the one faucet to get water, and then they pushed the button to get oil. And that's all I knew. You know, I never thought about Texas being a place where I'd want to come. But Ken, my good buddy, um, was going there. And guess what? I decided to throw, you know, throw my hat into the mix with my little backpack <laughs> and a duffel bag and say, let's do this. And that's how I got to Texas. But looking back at, at my years in Michigan, it, you know, it, Michigan's an, an interesting place. If you look at it on the map, it's really almost two states. You have Michigan, the mitten, you know, everybody holds their hand up to show you where they live. And you have the, the UP, the Upper Peninsula, which is just connected by a bridge and a little bit of land, you know, that's it. And it's two different worlds. And, and really, I guess the same could be said in any state. I mean, look at East Texas and West Texas. But Michigan is two different worlds. It's so far up north, you are in Canada. I mean, people don't realize if you've never been there and never really paid attention on the map. When you're downtown Detroit, when you're at Ford Field, for whatever reason, when you're watching the Tigers play, or when you're down there at the Fox Theater, or you're down there on Woodward, you are right by the Detroit River. You can see Canada. And I, I've made jokes about it. You could throw a football to Canada. You could swim across the Detroit River and get to Canada. Not that I would want to or recommend that, but um, that's where it is. I mean, it's connected by a tunnel or bridge. I mean, you're in Canada. So when you go up to the UP, I mean, they don't even talk the same up there, okay? You might as well be in Canada or connected to Wisconsin. Um, it's, it's that close. So in one aspect, you have Detroit, the heart of the, the heart of Michigan. You know, it is a, Michigan is a very beautiful place. Detroit is Gotham city, but it's beautiful. But Michigan is beautiful. I mean, you can't go anywhere without seeing some sort of body of water from a pond, from a lake, from the great lakes, from the rivers. You, you just can't. You don't have to go far to experience nature. There's trees everywhere. There's national park or there's state parks everywhere. There's camping everywhere. I mean, Michigan is an outdoor state. As funny as that sounds because of how long the winters are, Michigan is an outdoor state. People go camping, people have boats, people go hiking, people go fishing. I mean. They go ice fishing. They go camping in the wintertime. They rent cabins. They, I mean, just because it's cold out and there's snow and it's lasting for a year doesn't mean Michigan stops. And it's beautiful. And people don't realize that. They think of Detroit. They think of the dark and the, the grimy and crime or everybody now is either Eminem or Kid Rock. And, and that's just a piece of it. But they don't think about just how beautiful Michigan is. And I experienced a lot of my life, uh, my teenage years, being outside. You know, when we used to go, when we were in high school, we used to go to this place called Bear Ass Beach. And some of my people that are listening probably already know. Bear Ass Beach, and the rumor was, and I can't back this up, but I'm going to stick with the story. 
Back in the day, it used to be an old nude beach. So they called it Bare Ass Beach. Now this was connected to Island Lake, I believe, but it was not roped off, it was fenced off. You weren't allowed to go to Bare Ass Beach because of the drop off and the undertow and all that. We would go to Bare Ass Beach. We would go park, sneak in, walk down the path, go further deep in, have a little fire, because there were certain spots you could have a fire and nobody could see you unless they were right on you. If you were close to the road, they would see you, the cops would come and give you a ticket or kick you out or take you back home if you were underage or, or arrest you, God knows. Uh, I'm gonna take a sip of my Michigan beer, my, you know, hold on one second here. Thank you, witch's hat. Ah, oh, it's delicious. Anyway, um, so we would go to Bear Ass Beach and we'd bring a cooler and beers and start a fire and go in the water and just hang out all night long. It was beautiful. This was just a lake. This wasn't a great lake. This wasn't Lake Michigan or anything like that. This was just a lake, but it had a massive drop off, but the water was always warm. It was clear. It, I mean, it felt like bath water. And we can go a lot of times on the 4th of July to Bear Ass Beach and watch the fireworks because surrounding it, you could see all the different fireworks that are being set off from Kensington State Park Milford, uh, Brighton, all the cities that were surrounding it, you could see the, the fireworks go off. So we would go there and, and watch the fireworks. I mean, we did this on a regular basis. This wasn't like a once a month thing. I mean, it, there were times that we would go there every week and we hit out the other lakes too, but see, you didn't have to pay for Bear Ass Beach because you weren't supposed to be there. You had to go and pay for the other places. Plus, if they caught you drinking underage, you'd be in trouble. So why, would, why, you know, why are we going to risk that? Look, we got to drink our crappy beer at the time. So we'd go to Bear Ass Beach. But that Bear Ass Beach in Kensington was literally, from where my parents lived and where I went to high school, not when I was younger, but when I was, was in high school, it was a couple miles. Kensington was, was a couple miles. At one point, I had literally walked from, I would run from my buddy uh, Ken's house in Milford, cut through Kensington, and run to my parents' house just for exercise and to come visit because I didn't have a car at the time. And I would do it, you know, that's, I can't tell you how many miles it is, you know, going through. I mean, it was at least a 10, 12-mile situation. Now, I didn't run the entire time, but I ran quite a bit. But again, that was around the lake, right to my parents' house. By my parents' house, there's at least four or five different lakes just to go there. And these are lakes that you can take a boat on. These, this is not, I know you can take a, ba a boat on Lake Louisville here in Texas, but this, you know, that's, that's like a swamp. These are real lakes. These aren't man-made. These are all natural and you could go there and, and take a boat on, go fishing, hang out, whatever. And they froze in the wintertime. I mean, it was great. And that's what Michigan is. And if you go up north, I mean, you are in the woods. It's beautiful. You've got, you know, the Great Lakes and you've got Mackinac Island and all, you know, the, the dunes. And it's, you could literally just travel eight hours and up north and be in Michigan, still be in Michigan, be getting to the UP. My buddy went to, went to college up in northern Michigan. It took us eight hours to get there. It was insane, but that was Michigan. And that's what people don't realize. 
Now, Detroit is a different animal. You know, back in Detroit, it's not like Dallas. It's not like Fort Worth, obviously. Detroit is, you better know where to go, and you better stay there. And you better know how to handle people there. You know, we're not, people always say that everybody's not friendly back home. You know, if they go there, they're not friendly. It's not that they're not friendly, they're just very fast. They got things going on. And we just don't mix the small talk. A couple nods, a couple waves of hey. It's not that fakeness, you know? And I'm not saying that down in Texas is fake. It's just a different southern smile, so to speak. Up north, man, when you're, you know, when it's 30 degrees out and blowing wind, you don't have time to sit there and talk to people. <laughs> you say hi and you keep moving. But Detroit is, is an interesting beast because people that are from Detroit know its problems, know the corruption, know the history. I mean, Detroit's had problems since back in the, the riot days in the 60s. But Detroit has also produced some of the best music to come out. I mean, Detroit's the home of techno, for God's sakes. Detroit has Motown. I mean, I don't have to go through the laundry list of Motown artists that is from Detroit. Eminem, Kid Rock, The White Stripes. I can keep going, too. You know, um, Bob Seger, Ted Nugent, I guess. He's not my favorite. But still, I mean, Detroit, the music is what drives that city. And the one thing that through all this, through all the, the turmoil and heartache of Detroit, there's always been music. You can go to any bar, any small venue in Detroit and find music at almost any given time on any given day. And I'm not talking like larger, you know, smaller, you know, like I'm not talking House of Blues style where you get some of those bigger named artists that aren't quite huge, but aren't quite small either. I'm talking local guys, guys that are struggling to pay their rent, that are hoping to make it, guys that are uh, hanging out on the corner trying to figure out what their next job's going to be. But you go see them that night at con in a concert and you can hear everything from R&B, hip-hop, to rock, to techno, alternative, heavy metal, and you would think, oh my God, these guys are going to do it. And that was what's so cool. And I talk about that when I, you know, I did my podcast about music. I talk about the larger venues and I talk about some of the larger artists I met. I couldn't even name the smaller artists that I've seen. Any given time, you want to go see music on a Wednesday, go down, boom, go to Detroit, find something. Just find something. And it's always been that way. I mean, even during the automobile industry collapsing and struggling, if you still go into a bar, you'll hear good music. And I think that what people don't realize is Detroit is a, a power machine, a, a, a big-time player when it comes to music. You know, you may not hear, you know, you, you always hear about the M&Ms and the Kid Rocks and stuff like that, but you don't hear about the guys that have found, that made it in Detroit and then went out to California and New York or whatever and, and got, you know, got bigger, got signed. But if you look at their history, they started in Detroit. I mean, when I say Detroit's the home of techno, it's the home of techno. If you look at electronic music, Look where it started. Yeah, everybody can say overseas and all that. Eastern Europe, Germany, whatever. But look at techno. Look at the term techno and look it up. And look at the history of it. We have a techno museum in Detroit. 
on top of the Motown Museum. Every year they used to, well, it used to be called the Electronic Music Festival. Every year. Detroit's Electronic Music Festival, or DEMF. And they did it Memorial Day weekend. So it'd be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And I not only worked it back in the days, DJed, stuff like that, I would go and I'd be down in Detroit for four days. And you're talking hundreds of artists, thousands of people. And, I, and I'm not saying that things never happened, but it was so great to see that many people pouring into the city, dancing all night, partying all night, and getting up and doing it again and feeling safe within the city. Again, yeah, things happen. I'm sure people passed out from drugs. There was robberies or whatever. But you were together and people tried to take care of each other. And that, to me, kind of really says what Detroit is about. And I know I kind of jump all over the place here, but I've also been drinking some good beer, so you got to bear with me. Um, But that's what Detroit's all about. It's, this is our city. It's our state. And we can talk trash about it, but you can't. And we're going to take care of each other. We're not going to fight with each other. When it comes to helping Detroit out, we're going to try to help Detroit out. And it's had its problems. It's been division. It's had a racial divide. It's had politics. It's had, you know, it still has gangs. But there is this Detroit versus everybody mentality, and that's just not a slogan. That's not just an Eminem song. That's not just a clothing company. It's a real thing. We, you know, in Detroit, you feel like it is you versus everybody else because everybody else is against you. Everybody else is talking trash. Everybody else is, is thinking they're better than you. So you have to put your Detroit pride on and show the world. And that was how that vibe was at the Electronic Music Festival, which is now called Movement. And I haven't been in, God, I think I've, it's been 11, 10 years since I've been. And I don't know if I'll ever go back, but... For, for that festival because I, I think I'm out that I, I think it's changed I think I'm past that but but the music of Detroit is something that lives on and of course every city has its own things that you have to do and one of the big things is when I tell people if you're going to go to Detroit and you want to experience Detroit or Michigan for that matter you need to go down to the city and you need to get Lafayette Coney Island. The Lafayette Coney Dog. Now I know what you're saying. We got Coney Dogs here. We got Chili Dogs at Sonic. I swear to you, if you compare Lafayette to Sonic, I'm going to find you and you are not going to like what I'm going to do to you. Lafayette Coney Island. Look it up. It's been on that diver or that diners, dives, whatever. Um, (laughs) And Dash, whatever that movie is or that show is. But Lafayette Coney Island is where it's at. It's a small little place. Okay, it's on Lafayette Boulevard, hence Lafayette Coney Island. And they have the best Coney dogs there. And you can walk by and you see, and that place, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you got $3 in your pocket or you're driving, you know, a $150,000 car and you live in a $200 million house. You can go there at any given time and that place is going to be packed with people in suits, with people my age, with people with kids, with people in their 20s, and it's Lafayette. And you just go and you grab your dogs. You can leave or you can eat there. Boom. It has been around forever. 
and it is next to American Coney Island. Now here's the debate. You're either Team Lafayette or Team American. I'm Team Lafayette. There is no choice to drink Amer or to eat American Coney Island. I'm Lafayette. That's what you do. And there's no questions asked. You go. That's the first one I've ever had. It's been the best chili. I mean, they make it. You're watching them make it, dumping the onions in. You're, the, the, the buns are soft. Oh, my God. And you get like two or three dogs in it, and you spend like four bucks. But American Coney Island is more corporate. You know, they've got the sponsors. They, they sell beer. They sell Atwater Brewery, which is fine. That's no problem. I, I, I get it. You know, do what you got to do. But the history behind it is very important. So what happened is, it's a big, it's a big Coney War. And it's been going on for years. I mean, that's, that's not an exaggeration. It's, it's a big war. So when they say that you can't eat at both, you can't eat at both. And it's been around since 1917. Okay, that was 2020 right now. It's been around since 1970. So <laughs> it's a big deal. Um, the problem is, and what happened, is you had two people working for the same. And they were working for Lafayette, and they were, they were, they were partners. They were friends, their family. Anyway, it's a big deal, okay? Um, they did their thing. They made a big deal. It's their brothers. And there was other family members involved. The problem, though, is that when they started, they kind of started to have different ideas on which direction they wanted to go. And one of the families, you know, they came here from Greece and there was like, I think they came here to America in like 1903. Um, and they started the whole Coney Island thing because when they came to, to, to America, they got to Detroit, they couldn't find a job. So they started selling hot dogs and chili out of a cart right at the corner of Michigan Avenue and Lafayette Boulevard. And then, you know, 14 years later, they opened American Coney Island. It's kind of not, it wasn't in the exact same place that it is today, but pretty close. It was an old uh, United Shirt Company building. And his brother had opened Lafayette Coney Island just down the street. But they use a different chili, a different, a different style chili. They were both open roughly around the same time. Even though originally they were going to do this together. And it started that way. And there's fingers and allegate, finger pointing and allegations saying that you stole this recipe and that's why it's different, blah, blah, blah. But then American bought the other side of this and opened it right next to Lafayette. And when I say it's right next to Lafayette, I'm not talking like you walk down the street. I'm talking you walk up from Lafayette Boulevard and you're staring at these buildings and on one side, you've got Lafayette, Coney Island. And on the other side, you've got American. And I mean, it's divided by a painted line. That's it. And you make the choice. If you're facing both these buildings, you go left for Lafayette, you go right for American. But I'm going to tell you what, the minute you walk in that door in American, 
you better stay there and you better like it because you're not allowed in Lafayette. You don't go to Lafayette. Now, is that for real? No, you can. But the people of Detroit and people across the country know you pick a side and you stick with it. So I've been Team Lafayette. I've never had an American Coney Island. I've heard stories about some of the guys that own American Coney. I don't know if they're true or not, but it didn't help in my, you know, as I was growing up to hear these stories made me look differently at them. And I was like, well, I'm always sticking with Lafayette. Plus the owner is still there. Man, he's still at the window making chili and he knows you. Now, I remember going, you know, at the time I was married and I went, and this was before Luke and we all went up there. And I, and you know, this was the first time that my wife and the girls had been in Michigan. And um, we went to go to Lafayette and we walked in. Now, mind you, they're clueless. They're from, you know, they're Californians. Well, my wife, my, my ex-wife was California. She has no idea. All a bunch of blonde haired people in Detroit. So figure that out. I walk in, I already know what I'm going to do. The guy's like, hey, what do you want? You get a table, you two and two, two and two. Yeah, I want two, two and two, two and two, two and two. And, you know, I'm talking to him, throwing my fingers. No, give me three, three, three and two. Well, we're talking about dogs and fries. They were looking at me like these, like my wife was looking at me like I was crazy, like I was speaking Egyptian. Completely had no idea. Sat down at the table, ate it. I mean, smashed them. I ate three dogs, ate some fries, fell in love with it. Oh my God, these, these girls had no idea what they were in. On the way out, one of them was like, hey, we should, you know, we should try American just for fun. I tell you what, I thought everybody was gonna jump out of the, the, the building, come out of their cars, drive by shootings, because the, even the owner heard that and looked and was like, what? And I was like, no, 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 we don't go there. We only go here. And the owner looked at me and was like, yeah, he's right, listen to him. You just don't do it. That's how serious it is. You do not go to American Coney Island and Lafayette. You, you pick one, you stick with it. And that's it. So that's part of Detroit, though. You've got the culture there, the food, the music. That's the city. And I would tell everybody, if you go to Michigan, you go to Lafayette, Coney Island. And experience it. Because you're going to love it. And while you're down in Detroit, too, you know, you go catch, you go find some barbecue if you want you know, slows, things like that. You go listen to music. You go to the Majestic. Man, if you can go to a Tigers game, go to a Tigers game. Because there's nothing like going to a baseball game in Detroit at Comerica Park, outside, drinking good local beer, watching the fireworks right by the river. I mean, it's an experience. You know, you go check out the Motown Museum and, and, and listen and be in the same house that they produced all that music. The Temptations, the Supremes, Stevie Wonder. I mean, even the Jackson 5 passed through there. You know, you go there and you check that out. But there's other stuff to do in Michigan. You know, I mean, catching a football game, a college football game in Michigan, as long as you don't go to Ann Arbor, um, <laughs> is cool. But even beyond that, if you're going to do Michigan, do it right. Hit Mackinac Island. Go out to Mackinac Island. Make the trip and go on an island where there's no cars. And you can eat and check out the stores and get some Mackinac Island fudge. And then take a bike around the island. Go to the waterfall and watch the bats fly out at night. 
you got to take a boat to get over there, obviously, because it's an island. And I'm not sure if you can take your own boats. I don't know. I, I want to say they changed that. You know, at one point, you couldn't. You had to get on the ferry. Or at least there was some sort of regulation. So I don't know. But while you're there, you can look at Mackinac Island Bridge. Because once you cross Mackinac Island Bridge, which is a nasty bridge, by the way, because it's so high up there and so big and you can feel it move, um, you're in the UP, considered truly the, the Upper Peninsula. But you can go camping. You can check out the Great Lakes, like Michigan, like Superior. I mean, and experience just how beautiful Michigan is. Experience, it makes you feel, it really does make you feel like you're in that Alaskan, Canada wilderness, so to speak. But it's beautiful. And if you've never seen a Great Lake, I mean, one of the Great Lakes, there's a reason they call them the Great Lakes. Because you can look out for miles and it looks like an ocean. And Lake Michigan is brutal. I mean, you'll get a storm coming in out of nowhere. You can see the waves. I mean, they have lost more ships and more people have died in that lake than any other lake. Not to mention, too, it's crazy because even now to this day, there will be storms that will come up out of nowhere, way out in the middle of the lake, and it'll blow in old shipwrecks. So there's been times where they've, you know, people have woken up, walked the beach, and there's old shipwrecks from... I mean, the 1900s, 1800s, or even, you know, recent ones that that were at the bottom of the lake that all of a sudden, because of the storm, they just brought them up. I mean, it's, Michigan has a lot to offer. It's gone through some hard times. And there's those, there's those things that are, you know, like I said, like I talked about, you know, Lafayette, those things that are, that are staples of Michigan, like Fago Pop, Verner's. You know, that's Michigan. Verner's ginger ale is Michigan. Fago red pop or all the flavors, that's Michigan. You know, the huge rivalry between Michigan State and Michigan. You know, every, every you know, almost every state has that. But to, to have a rivalry like that when the schools are 45, 50 minutes apart, and it's a heated one, trust me on that. Go green. But that's Michigan. And I think that I've, since I've been away... And since I've, you know, see, I've been down in Texas almost 11 years now. I definitely appreciate Michigan more, obviously. Because every state has its, you know, plus and minuses. Every state has its, you know, you know pros and cons and things that you wish you could change or, or, or whatever. And, and, and the one thing that I miss the most is the actual seasons, Look, when I right before I left Texas, it was 70 degrees. The day before was 40 and 30 at night, and the next day was 70, and then it would drop down to 38 at night. No wonder people are sick. Forget COVID. You're just going to get sick. But we don't, you know, in Texas, we don't have the seasons. We have like a couple weekends of fall. It goes from like hot to a couple, maybe if you're lucky, a couple weeks of fall. Then it goes to this weird, strange winter that you can't predict. You're like, hey, I can't wait to wear a hoodie today. And you get up and you, you know, you, you, you go grab some coffee or sit on the patio and you got your hoodie on. You're like, yeah, it's going to be a nice, cool day in December. And then you take a shower and you come back out and it's 75 and sunny. And you're like, never mind, let me get the shorts and t-shirt back. 
And then it goes from that to, well, it might be kind of cool in January for February for a little bit. It might rain for a couple of weeks. And then, oh, by the way, it's back to 90 and 100 for the next four months. And, and, and that kind of sucks. I miss, I miss the actual change. But then on the flip side of Michigan is they've already had snow, you know, a week ago or two weeks ago. And it, winter's just getting started. Winter lasts a long time in Michigan. I mean, it, it could go to April. No problem. So you kind of, you know, you give and take. Texas, you don't really have that Great Lakes. I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, the, the Great Lakes. I'm just talking lakes. You got Lake Louisville and you got some other ones, but, and, and I've seen them. You know, one thing I will say is during this pandemic, you know, Luke and I have, have traveled um, to a lot of the state parks in Texas. And they've been awesome. And we stayed the night at one of them. And so I have seen some, some pretty lakes driving two, three, four hours away. Um, I know they're mostly all man-made. I, I think they're all man-made, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, and I might be mistaken, but um, it's not the same, though. The scenery is different. And I, again, it's where I'm at. I know there's some beautiful parts of Texas. You know, you get down to the hill country and, and by Austin, it's different. But I, I miss the opportunity, you know, my closest lake is Lake Louisville, and that's a cesspool. So they try to make it nice, but it's like a, a swamp with alligator gar, and I'm good. Um, so I miss that. I miss, the, I miss the, the little things like, you know, Michigan bars stay open till 2 or 3 in the morning. That was, that's always been that way. You know, when I moved to Texas, bars in Frisco and Little and uh, Frisco area where I lived, they closed at midnight. We had to fight to get the bars to stay open to 2 a.m. I was on, I was actually on the committee for that, to put it on the ballot to get out there. I was part of that pack group. And we won and, and all that, but we didn't win till like three years later after I moved here. I had a fight. You know, there's still no liquor stores in Frisco. In a lot of parts of Texas, there's no liquor stores. Now, I don't need a liquor store. I can drive you know, to Little Elm or I can go, you know, to Plano or whatever and, and buy liquor, but it's weird to me. And also on Sundays, they don't sell liquor at all. And you can only buy your liquor at a liquor store. You don't get it at the gas station. You can't get it at a party store. They don't even have party stores here. Their party stores here sell party favors. Michigan party stores, they remind me of like a cool bodega, you know, but better. We don't, they, they don't have those in Texas. In Detroit, right here, I can go in any corner and get a party store and get a, uh, some beer, some bag of chips, uh, scratch off, cigarettes if I felt like killing myself. Um, you can't do that in Texas. And on Sundays, they don't sell liquor at all. They sell beer and wine, so apparently that's okay. You can get drunk off beer and wine and commit a sin that way, but you can't drink liquor. It doesn't make sense to me. So there's those little things that I miss. You know, and I do miss, and it could just be the area of Texas that I live in. Uh, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of culture. Now, I know that that's not entirely true. So everybody in Texas, I'm not bashing you guys. I love my friends. I love my people back there. You, you guys have been pretty good to me for the most part. Um, but there's, you know, the diversity. There's no Italian food in Texas that is good. You got Olive Garden, but I swear to God, if they tell me that's Italian food, I'm going to burn this place down. They don't have any Italian food in Texas at all. And besides like a good pizza, like Pizzeria Testa, one of the best places around, you know, they're phenomenal. But 
real Italian food. You got to make it yourself, which is fine. But sometimes I just want to go out for Italian food and every Italian restaurant around here is shut down. That's been worth anything. And the ones that they told me is, are really good are just okay. They're not like back home where you got Al Pacino's and Giovanni's and Mario's. You know, here, I mean, I'm talking about Giovanni's right now and I want to go down the street, except I can't because they're on lockdown and, and get some pasta. But they don't have that there. So I miss that. But then the other thing about Texas is the cost of living is cheaper. Um, the job opportunity is huge, hence why I stayed. The economy, despite COVID, I mean, it's still hurting in Texas. I think the unemployment rate's still around 9%, 9.5, um, which is not good. And, and they're struggling, but that has to do with the pandemic. That doesn't have to do with just, you know, everyday life. You know, when I came to Texas and I wasn't even sure if I was going to stay here, I got a job in the first couple of weeks, very fast, and moved my way through, through what I've done in Texas. In Michigan, it would have taken me a long time to get a job, hence one of the reasons why I left. So, you know, it, it, it's a little bit different. I mean, you got your, your pros and cons, but what I have realized is that Michigan will always be my home. Detroit is always going to be my city, no matter where I live. I don't think I'll ever move back here. I just don't. There are some great things in Michigan and little towns like I've talked about before that I'd like to live in. But, you know, I've made my home in Texas. Will I stay in Texas forever? I don't know if that's even true. But I don't think I'll come back to Michigan. It would. You never say never because you never know what life's going to throw at you. But what I realize is I, I don't want to lose that connection to Michigan. And obviously I won't. I've got friends here. My family's here. Um, you know, Luke's grandparents are here. So, um, but I want Luke to, to see some of the things that I've experienced in Michigan. Maybe not, maybe not driving across, you know, the Ambassador Bridge to Windsor with a fifth of Jack Daniels in the front seat. That doesn't sound like a good idea. I don't want him to do that um, <laughs> like I did. But, uh, and we'll talk about some Windsor stuff later. Um, but I want him to experience Michigan. You know, I want to take him to a Michigan State game one day so he can see exactly what I saw. You know, I want to take him down and get a Lafayette Coney Island dog. He doesn't need to at three. You know, not right now. I don't even know if he'd eat it, to be honest with you. But I want to take him down and walk the riverfront. You know, I want to take him shopping at some of the places in Detroit that are local. I want to take him to the Motown Museum when he can appreciate that. You know, I want to take him camping in Michigan in the Mackinac. So I'll always have that connection. I think even if my parents left Michigan, it might be less of a reason for me to go, but I think I would still go just to experience those things. Maybe not as often, but I think it's important for Luke to see where I grew up and what I did not everything I did, of course, but where my stomping grounds are and to kind of get a better picture of who you are. I would hope he would do that with his kids one day. You know, if he moves out, I'd hope that he kind of show them what he did. You know, I think it gives you a sense of where you come from and it grounds you. And, and it took me a long time to realize that. Um, but now during Christmas time, there's, you know, what better place to be? So so this is Brandon from Detroit, three beers in. Thank you to Witch's Hat Brewing Company. Well, not Witch's Hat Brewing, I should say. 
in South Lyon, Michigan for the amazing beer. Um, and I should probably get going, but I hope you guys got a little taste of kind of why I talk about Detroit so much and, and Michigan and, and things like that. And, you know, throughout this podcast, you've heard stories about concerts and events and, and I hope it puts a kind of paints a picture of, of where I come from and why I am the way I am. But we will talk more. Uh, we've got a couple podcasts coming up. Um, only two more for this year and it's taking a break till next year. But next year on deck, uh, 2021, uh, we have a lot more stuff coming up. Very excited uh, to do these podcasts for 2021. Um, we're going to talk about WWE or at the time WWF. Yes, I love wrestling. But did you know that at one point I was involved in professional wrestling? Did you know at one point I was a referee? Didn't know that, did you? So we got a lot of stories coming up in 2021. And uh, you'll hear some more about Detroit. So I hope you guys have a good time. I'm going to finish this beer. I'm not cold, by the way, Texas. So there you go. And uh, I will see you guys when I get back in town. Thank you for following the Life of an Average Joe podcast. Uh, I, I really can't tell you how much I appreciate that. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'd love to hear some comments and feedback. So please, you can email me at toycarsandthenightstand.com, which is my blog, by the way. So go and follow that. Uh, or you can uh, write on Anchor. You can leave comments. Uh, please write a review too. Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can write a review or give me a rating would really help. I'm totally pandering to you guys, but uh, totally need that uh, support. And uh, that should do it, guys. Be safe out there, and I will see you when I get back to Texas. <laughs>